temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome into Players Only with Chiefs Radio Network color analyst Danon Hughes. Nice slant route. This is a business decision. You know you're going to take a lump. And former linebacker Sean Barber. There's a thing called street justice. You take care of yours. Yeah. You take care of your family, take care of your chicken, take care of your money. <laughs> On your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Here we are, Players Only back in the building. What's going on, Chiefs Kingdom, Chiefs fans, everyone out there, we and we are very, very glad to be back. We had a little two-week hiatus. Uh, the forces above were against us being back on the air, but we fought through all the muck and mire and got back here to present players only for the second time this season. And we are blessed to have the co-host back. He was in contract negotiations, I guess, the first week. Lost his homework, dog ate his homework, whatever excuse he made. And we got Sean Barber back in the building. What's going on, brother? Actually, I never left the building. Hey, man, I'm here hot. I'm warmed up. I'm ready to roll, baby. I'm, uh, you know, fresh off of a two-week hiatus. Yes, we we had a little... Actually, three weeks. Three weeks hiatus. <laughs> But I, I kind of feel like it was timely because, listen, you know, you start the season sometime, the contract is not negotiated. It's like it's like my man Gilmore for the Patriots. Put me on PUP. I That's don't what really, it was? I, I didn't like the contract. I ain't going to play for you no way, so just put me on PUP. And guess what he gets? He gets to go back home to the Carolina Panthers to his the next-door neighbor of the owner. Ain't that a blessing for him? Yeah. Got the owner a couple doors down, knock on the door. Hey, man, I'm ready to go sign me. Well, I'm glad I'm glad we were able to get you negotiated out and everything. Now you can supersize. That's that was part of the negotiation. You can get your supersized fries. That's that's <laughs> a, that's what you're gonna get. But that's Sean Barber. I'm Dane and Hughes, and we are players only. We appreciate everybody listening in. Players only is sponsored by our friends at US Bank. Whatever your passion, US Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. For all the new listeners out there, if there are any. Players Only is brought to you each and every week, the rest of this season, outside of Thanksgiving, I believe. Uh, and we just have a roundtable with Sean Barber, myself. We're actually, this year, we're going to have some current Chiefs players that will come in on air, some former Chiefs players that will come in and be a part of our group in the, in the studio as well. And we just chop it up, just like we would be sitting around the locker room. Although in the locker room, I really never spoke to a lot of defensive guys. But because we're in the booth now or because we're in the studio, I guess I got to interact with 
the the bad side of the football. Man, but you ain't Sean gotta talk Barber, to me. You ain't gotta talk to me. Just talk to the microphone. Sean, Sean Barber and I will be bringing it to you each and every week, and uh, we have the phone lines open and the Jay Southland Toast Service text line open as well. That is nine one three five seven six seven six ten. Call us, text us uh, within the second and third segments or second and third quarters of this show. We will be tackling the text messages and hopefully some calls as well. But we are here each and every week, and we appreciate the listeners that are out there. This is our fourth season coming to you with Players Only. Very unique show. We appreciate everybody here at Odyssey and our guy Speck, who is a new dad. Congratulations to Speck out there. He's on paternity leave, which is good, chilling with his wife and newborn. So we give props to him and and uh, definitely continue blessings to he and his family. Uh, but we're, we're here, Barbershop, and the first thing we got to do in this first quarter, as we do each and every week after a Chiefs game, is kind of recap the Chiefs-Eagles game. Now, because we come on Thursday, it almost feels like we're almost too late to be talking about the previous game, but as you and I know, there's always something to learn, there's always something to, to grade, there's always something to evaluate, that can help you for the next game, can help you for the next quarter of the season, can help you for the uh, a play here or there. So we don't want to, no matter how deep into the week and how much focus is on the next opponent, this week obviously being a huge game Sunday night against the Bills, there's still something to dissect in regards to the previous game. So I want to get your insight on the Chiefs-Eagles game. And, and obviously – with losing two straight, that was what a lot of people believe was a must-win situation. But I'm interested to hear your take on going to one of your other former teams in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, and the Chiefs coming out with the win. Man, one, the one thing we did not find in Philadelphia was any brotherly love there. They, was, uh, <laughs> they were out for blood, and they gave us the best, their best effort. The one thing people need to realize is, bar, you know, barring their record, the Philadelphia Eagles is a team that's laced with some talent. Jalen Hurts is a talented quarterback. Um, Sanders, um, um, Gainwell, yep. um, um, Smith as a receiver, he's a, he's a game wrecker. If you don't account for him the right way, he will – Turn three three touchdowns on you over 100 yards receptions, and they have two really talented tight ends with Ertz um, and Goddard. So and they have a solid offensive line. So they got the components to be a team that if you don't take them seriously, if you don't take them the right way, they will uh, jump up and bite you. And but we know that we have the type of team um, we can match anybody's talent. We have one of, in my in my estimation one of the most talented rosters in the NFL bar none. And it's about about going out and executing, doing your job, doing your duty, taking care of business. Now, if I recall this game, the one thing that stands out to me is because I was actually a part of a no-punt game. Was this a no-punt game? Was this a game where neither team punted? Yes. So, that, I mean, am I concerned with that? No, because I know what it feels to be on a, on a defense where, you know, it doesn't end. Uh, you were a sieve. <laughs> 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 Again, I know what it feels like to be on a defense where it, it, it seems like at no point you're getting those key stops. Um, but you're a broken screen door back our, in 2003. Our offense and our special teams <laughs> took control of the game that made the fact that we didn't make them punt a, a non-factor. And sometimes that's going to happen anyway. Just when because the Colts when the Colts punter went in the locker room at halftime and didn't come out. 
that's going to happen anyways when we talk about um, how effective our offense is because the- theoretically there's going to be a philosophy that other teams have when they face the Chiefs that they're just going to refuse to punt the ball unless it's inside their own 30. Like any any When Peyton Manning tore the frame out, y'all? I mean, if we want to get deep into that <laughs> no-punt game, I'm, I'm, we can divert. We can pull a detour. Um, I can. I, I know. I'm just saying what the general fans saw and what I saw from the, the stands. The general fans saw Tony Gonzalez commit a offensive pass interference that caused us to have to try to kick a, a much longer field goal, which we end up missing. And they saw uh, Priest Holmes, the big ticket, put the ball on the ground, something he didn't do regularly. So yes, when you why have, you name two offensive guys in a no punt game? What about the defense? How come you ain't say nothing about your defensive guys? Well, if, if you got the number one defense, uh, number one offense going against the number three offense, you know it's going to be a shootout. You got to outscore them. They're, they're there def- you go they're, again, they're saying something about the offense. You well, guess what? You, that, you, the, you the allergic Colts, to saying something about Colts, the defense? The Colts defense didn't make us punt either. But ain't nobody, ain't nobody holding them accountable. So, 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 so what? So what? Barbershop, you married. You so got what? six kids. Tit for tat. Are we doing that? I'm, no, I'm saying. You married. You got six kids. You obviously being, being married for a long time like myself with five kids. You ever have a discussion? I'm going to put a quote, air quotes around discussion with your wife, and your wife say, "But you do this, you do this, and this is what bothers me, and this is what bothers me." And then your immediate response is, "Well, you do X, Y, and Z." How does that work out for you? I'm Dr. Phil right now. How does that work out for you? Well, it don't work out for you. Well, gladly, so whenever, I'm glad. So I keep bringing up the defense from 2003 that didn't force a punt, and all you keep coming back to me is with the offense. Can you say something about the defense just to, just to appease me right now? Can you say something about that defense right then? First of all, I'm going to say no because I'm not in the business of appeasing anybody. I accept my responsibilities. I accept what I do. Obviously, um, there's no there's no comparing you to my wife. You you butt ugly and she's beautiful. <laughs> so uh, the discussions we have in the studio have nothing to um, have, have no relevance in, in in my marriage. I'm married to a, a angel in every form of fashion. I believe way. it. Um, yes, that's right. To deal with me, she has to be. You're right. Yep. She gives me a lot of grace and mercy. I appreciate it. But going back to these <laughs> Eagles, this uh, obviously a no punt game that was unique to me when we talk about reviewing and, and rehashing what happened this past weekend. Um, a no punt game usually ends up with a a forty four forty five type scoreboard. But the way our offense was able to define the game and control it, we still end up winning by almost twenty points uh, because it was a really a one sided affair. And even though our defense didn't force them to punt, we held them to enough field goals. Um, and, that, and we talk about red zone improvement. We talk about trying to improve keeping guys out the end zone. Something to be taken away from this game is that we had some red zone improvement. And if you want to be 100% accurate and correct, the fumble that uh, your Iowa Hawkeye uh, uh, caused inside the uh, three-yard line that we recovered should have been a turnover, which would have been another red zone stop. Yep. It would have kept us score out. Um, those things don't get accounted for because of, you know, Bad technology or uh, referee not making a call, but you, 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 you it's still a play was made, right? If you if you are Ben Neiman, you created a turnover, you created a fumble. Now whether it got marked is that the stat book didn't say it, but you and I know that was a turnover. You so watched that, the film. That, that's how you sleep well at night, oh, just because you know, even though it didn't happen. Hey man, listen, I'm not. I don't need no, like again. We talk about. I don't need justification from nobody. The referee <laughs> don't got to justify. I know if I created a, front, a turnover and we look at that film and the ball comes out before your knee, whether we review it, don't review it, they give it to me. Hey man, that's a turnover. You and I both know it. So all right, well I, I hear you. Um, there are a lot of takeaways from the Eagles game, and I know we got 
other quarters. And for everybody listening out there, we go through this show in quarters just like a football game. This is the first quarter of Players Only this week. And we are recapping the Eagles. Barbershop is always pro-defense and anti-offense. So you're going to hear one side of the fence from him, as you just heard for that, that long soliloquy, that he did not want to admit his two, the deficiencies of his defense in 2003, and he didn't mention anything really about our defense except the positive things and what should have happened and could have happened had technology and human error not been a case. I'm going to bring you both sides. So I'm going to start with the defense because I'm an offensive guy, so I'm going to start poking at the defense. Defense, to me, is still a work in progress, which is a good thing. I don't think any team in the NFL, no matter who's – there's a, it has to be a number one defense and it has to be a number 32 defense each and every week. We get the, the game notes from each team. We see the matchups. We see where the defenses are, offenses are, who rushes who's, – who's rushing better, who's passing better, who is defending the pass, who's defending the run better. We Turnover ratios, we see those each and every week. We have 24-hour media that's out there on multiple outlets that have to talk about football. So there's a lot of speculation and a lot of things that go around, opinions, pundits, etc. I look at some of the numbers. Here's one of the concerns I have for the defense. And I'm, I'm the color analyst for the Chiefs with Mitch Holtis. Listen to us on 106.5, um, The Wolf, and you'll hear us each and every game two hours before games, uh, one hour after games or post-game shows, and you'll hear us break everything down. Mitch and I have a really fun time in the booth, and you know it's, it's just great to be there. But when I look at these numbers after the game, here's one thing that always jumps out to me from a defensive perspective, Barbershop. Tackles. Now, somebody got a tackle. So there's always going to be a tackle stat. Unless every, run, unless every ball carrier runs out of bound, bounds, there's going to be a tackle stat. But here's one aspect of the tackle stat that jumps out to me. Mike Hughes led the team with 10 tackles. Daniel Sorensen had nine. Tyron Matthew had five. DeAndre Baker had four. Anthony Hitchens had four. So one concern that I always look at for every team is the status of the tacklers and the positions. One concern I normally have is when I see more defensive backs atop of the tackling chart, that concerns me. So in a game where, you know, I'm, I'm looking for our linebackers, you're a former linebacker, you have some insight to it. I look for our linebackers to lead in categories. I also put together notes for myself as a color analyst of the Chiefs each and every week, and I see what other teams are doing, their front four, how many tackles they have, how many tackles for loss, how many sacks, et cetera. Front seven guys with the linebackers, I look at that. And one, con- one thing that concerns me is when we have more defensive backs, corners, et cetera, that are making more tackles than our linebackers and our highly paid guys up front. So that's one defensive stat that just always concerns me. Now, on the positive side, we run for 200 yards, 6.3 yards a carry. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 7.3 yards per carry, has 6 point, I believe, 5 yards uh, a touch, over 6 yards a touch 
in the last two games. There's some positives that are happening on the offense. There's some versatility that we're creating in regards to run and pass. And um, I think from, from that game's perspective, you're going into hostile territory, 100th win. Congratulations to Andy Reid. But um, you're going against the team, and I'm going to quote my former coach here in Kansas City, Marty Schottenheimer. He said, you win at home, and you beat the teams you're supposed to beat. The Chiefs were supposed to beat the Eagles. They got the job done. There, there are great things to build on, but there are some things that we need to keep our eye on and that we need to grow, and that's not a bad thing when you're in week four of the season. When we come back, we're going we're gonna to break it from here, and when we come back for the second quarter of this show, we're going to talk about the first quarter grades. Now, we're not mathematicians. Because there's a 17th game this season, we can't really say there's a quarter of the season that's done. But we got the first four games, and there's some grades I want to go over with Barbershop and talk about position by position, as well as where this team stands uh, with the expectations. We're going to talk more about that when we come back. This is Players Only with Dana Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. What's going on, Chiefs Kingdom? We are back. Players Only is back for the second quarter of the show. Sean Barber is in the building. And I am Dana Hughes, former Chiefs, here to chop it up about our Chiefs, about our perspective. Uh, I always say we see the game differently. We don't see the game better than anybody. We just see it differently. And we, in the first quarter, if you missed us, we broke down the Chiefs-Eagles and recapped that game. Now, we'll take the 12 o'clock rule and put the Eagles behind us. That was a win. It was a must win. It was a very necessary win. We are now at 500. And what I want to do in this second quarter of the show, before we get to the phone lines, Dan from KCK, hold on. We appreciate you calling. But uh, I want to get into first quarter grades. Now, normally with 16 games, we have the first quarter of the season, second quarter of the season, third quarter of the season, fourth quarter of the season. Every coach that I played against or played with, I'm sure Barbershop, you've had the same. They break down game by game, but quarter of the season by quarter of the season. Now, when they throw in this 17th game, that kind of throws off the math. But we're still going to reference it as the first quarter of the season. And then the fourth quarter of the season will be the last five games. So all the listeners out there, the people on Twitter, don't text us. Don't tweet about our math being wrong and the fractions. I missed that day in, ca- in class. This is the first quarter of the season, and I want to recap from – Offense, defense, and then barbershop. I want your perspective as a former player um, from position by position or offense, defense, special teams, et cetera, where we stand now with the 500 record, et cetera. Well, right now, I mean, obviously, if you go stats and everything, obviously, Pat Mahomes over 1,200 yards, 14 TDs, you know, that kind of scenario, only four interceptions. And a lot of those interceptions are very uncommon for Pat um, so early in the uh, season. You know, usually September he is – almost spotless in his career. He always starts the season fast. I'm so excited to see the um, emergence of Clyde Hilaire, uh, almost 300 yards rushing, um, about 5.8 so yards per carry. Um, obviously, Pat Mahomes is special with his uh, legs, also six yards carry. And then receiving-wise, um, plus 450 from our guy Cheetah, uh, matched with the unstoppable Kelsey, 300-some uh, yards, combined for seven touchdowns, 
both of them um, averaging respectfully 15 yards a carry, 13 yards a carry. Um, and then when it comes to the defense side of the ball, definitely the tackling, right? The tackling, uh, we can't talk about the pros without the cons. So, yes, uh, Sorensen is leading the team with 23 tackles, but also with missed tackles. And then Dana is a surprise from the organization as far as with him with three oh, yeah. sacks, uh, Mike Dana. So, um, and then obviously uh, the Honey Badger came back with those two interceptions against uh, Lamar. Um, that's the way to make an impact first game back, um, being a leader of the defense. Um, so I think our offense, obviously, every week I haven't seen our offense struggle at all. They, they, they're putting up 340 yards against everybody. The one statistic that in this first quarter I think that was the most shocking was the turnovers. Yeah. And the turnovers actually cost us two wins. Um, the way, no matter how you added up, those six turnovers pretty much cost us two victories. When you were a player – and the offense coughed up the ball. You know, I know how I felt on the offensive side when you guys gave up a touchdown or a quick drive or something like that. But from a defensive perspective, like what, like what's the the mindset? I guess I never really cared about you guys' <laughs> thoughts in the past when I was playing. Like you guys make mistakes, we make mistakes. I don't care how you feel. We're both on the same team. Your feelings don't mean anything to me. But now that we're out of the game for several years, like, okay, Clyde Edwards-Alaire coughs the ball up. Patrick Mahomes throws an ill-advised interception. Like, what's going on with y'all on the defensive side? I mean, I can respect that. You know, actually having that growth mindset, to me, I actually – I was selfish. I wanted to be on the field at all times. I wanted to be on the field at the end of the game to to win the game. I wanted to I, – I know in order to create big plays, create big hits, turnovers, like you got to be on the field in order to make a difference. And so I never looked at the offense as far as I was concerned when I was playing as a turnover being a, a something that made me – made my head dip down. It was one word um, – two words, sudden change. And once that sudden change word came out, it just turned on a switch, let's go play ball. And sometimes our coaches actually in practice, um, we're going through an offensive drill and the defense on the side getting water, watered down, two plays into that period, our coach would say sudden change and we would automatically go to a defensive drill okay. just, to, just to try to emulate what it feels like to be uh, in that lull, relaxed, and then having to get your helmet and go to work because you know on the offensive side of the ball exactly what happens. After a turnover, you know they're going to try to strike deep. They're going to try, try to strike hard, fast, score in those first three or four plays, and you got to be prepared for it defensively to have that mindset. So I never looked at it as like, man, the, you know, man, this offense can't hold on to the ball, That you know, blah, blah, blah. I looked at, man, this is another chance for me to go out here and make a play. And I, obviously over a career, I mean, the stats matter. That's how you get paid. That's how you get, you know, provide for your family. So, man, any opportunity I had to be on the field, I just wanted to be, be prepared mentally to take advantage of it. I think we both have very unique paths in the NFL, especially with the Chiefs, because when I was with the Chiefs from 93 to 98, we had not just good defenses, dominating defenses, like impeccable defenses. And yet our offenses were, you know, mediocre. I would say that. When you were with the Chiefs, your defenses were mediocre and the offenses were lights out. And so we have a perspective from being – you know, being the the younger brother in the back seat when the older brother is up in the front seat with the parent driving, that you know that's our perspective was different in regards to you know how we absorb the game, how we you know our frustration showed, et cetera. 
Um, and it's interesting that you say that, that you your mindset, and I think a lot of the fans out there need to recognize that there's a game within the game. Yeah. And there's the mindset within the mindset of the team. You can fully have the game plan, the confidence in the game plan, the responsibilities, uh, the, the wherewithal, the knowledge, et cetera. But there's something that's always going on in you that propels you to go on the field. Uh, I, I definitely want to tackle that in the third segment because I want to talk about Frank Clark and some of the other guys that are on the shelf. But I think it's interesting from that perspective because for me – it was like the expectation was the defense was going to do their job. We needed to do our job, and we needed not to lose the game. That's kind of the mindset that Marty kind of instilled in us. I always said, and I don't know if you believe this, I always said the best coaches are the best brainwashers. They make you believe something that maybe you never ever thought of or you didn't think that would apply to you. You didn't know if you could do it. Like, I never played special teams until the NFL. I never punt returned until the NFL. And then I get with coaches, Marty Schoenheimer, Kurt Schoenheimer, Mike Stock, got teammates like, uh, uh, you know, Tony Richardson and Greg Minuski and, and those guys that Benny Thompson, Dale Carter, those, Fred Jones that wind up, you wind up absorbing some of that information. Now all of a sudden you become a special teams knucklehead when you never even covered a punt or covered a kickoff in your life. Um, so in those situations, it's like you recognize things and you propel yourself within the game in a different way than maybe Maz did next to you. Maybe, you know, other players did next to you. Defensive backs, Reggie Tongue, Jerome Woods, whoever else. Like, they did it their way, you did it your way, but you all came together in the same vein. Like, for me as a wide receiver, I wanted – like, I wanted – I know it's terrible to say, I wanted to blow somebody's knee out. Like, I wanted to. Like, I didn't care. Like, I didn't care about my opponent. I wanted to make sure that nobody hit Marcus Allen that I was responsible for. So however way I needed to do that, Greg Hill, Marcus Allen, Tony Richardson, Donnell Bennett, when they ran the ball – like, whatever way I needed to not allow them to take that extra hit, like, the least of my thoughts was your health. Mm -hmm. That was the least of it. And I'm sure, like, when you had that free run into Rich Gannon and you tried to put his ribs on Gates Platter downtown <laughs> and you blew him up, you wasn't thinking, man, I, maybe I shouldn't hit him that hard. Man, turn those ribs into burn ins. That's exactly <laughs> what happened on that play. Turn those ribs into burn ins. But like you were saying, man, at the end of the day, man, it's that team concept. Right, everybody's yeah. it's a family, and that's why Andy Reid got it's all plastered across the building. You enter this building as a team, but you leave as a family. When you take that field, it's a Chiefs family taking that field, and that's why you don't get into the, you know, politics or anything else that y'all might have. It's a, it's one direction, one purpose. Holdouts, injury, uh, all that stuff. Who making how much money? Who, it not, doesn't matter. When you hit in the field, man, it's all about everybody doing their job to create a successful series. What do we got to do? I do this the series? calling now in order to create a play. You know what I'm saying? So we look at that that situation, and we look at what we got to do. And like you said, whether it was you trying to blow somebody's knee out or me just protecting my, my defensive lines, the sixes, or the guys who were lined up beside me, you do whatever is necessary to take care of your brethren. Absolutely. Before we go to break, we're going to tackle Dan. We appreciate your patience. Dan and KCK, we appreciate the call. What you got going on, Dan? 
Hey, Dana. Hey, Sean. How you doing? Yeah, it was a great game by the offense. Tyreek with 184 yards. Clyde Edwards with 102 yards. And defense really played good. You know, they held the Eagles to two field goals. And Chris Jones would have had that fumble, you know, that the referee had gotten in the way. But great game by the defense. I forgot to tell you, Damon, last year when I called you, I'll never forget the game against, uh, it was the last uh, year for Joe Montana. You caught a pass, and uh, Paul McGuire and Dick Emmerich were announcing the game on NBC. Paul McGuire was talking about that pass was Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Home to you. It's home to Tony Richardson. I'll never forget that. It was a rainy day in Arrowhead Stadium. I'll never forget that. So let's take care of the Bills. Take care of yourself, guys. Thanks a lot, Dan. I feel like we need to go to Dan when he calls each and every week. We need to go to him after the break because he amps us up. I'm amped up, and now I got to go to commercial. But we appreciate you, Dan. We appreciate the energy. We appreciate the support. Go Chiefs. And I appreciate that history little throw in there. From a catch from back in the 90s barbershop, you need to recognize. All right, when we come back, we got halftime for players only. When we come back, we're going to talk about, we're going to get to the phone line, we're going to get to the text line, we're going to talk about dealing with teammates. And barbershop alluded to it just a bit in regards to guys that are holdouts, injuries. We got the situation with Frank Clark. We want to tackle that more next. This is Players Only with Danon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner at the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. And we're back. Players Only. Halftime's over. We got our juice. We got our Gatorade. We are back to finish up the show. Barbershop. Sean Barber's in the building. I am Danon Hughes. And... We got a chance to to cover a few bases. Didn't really get deep into the first quarter grades. I'm just going to give my insight, and then we're going to get to the text line. Uh, I think the defense has played 
okay. And I don't say that with a lot of confidence, but I also believe, as you guys have heard me say in the past, and if you listen to the broadcast uh, on 106, The Wolf, I think we have to recognize we don't want to be a team that's great in the first four weeks of the season. We want to be a team that's great or doing really well in the last four weeks of the season. So I'm never going to really knock our team in regards to what they do or don't do, the deficiencies, et cetera, in the first four weeks. Remember, when Steve Spagnuolo took over this defense, the first five weeks was not very pretty. And then the Chiefs went down to London and played against the Chargers, and things turned – the Honey Badger had two interceptions, and things turned around in that game. Uh, And then for the rest of that season in 2019 – we moved towards winning the first Super Bowl in 50 years. So I'm not going to be, I think, you know, with 24-hour news networks and media, et cetera, and speculation and pundits, et cetera, you have to have a feeling. It's only, it forces a feeling right now. So my feeling today on Thursday and then my feeling on Monday, it needs to be based on what they do Sunday night. And that's just not the case for a lot of players, not the case for myself. So remember, Players Only, sponsored by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. Barbershop, let's go to the text line and see what guys are talking about. I want to go way back to a text that came in right as I was coming in the booth for our show. And I want to give you some props. It doesn't happen very often, so don't get your don't allow your head to get right. um. So why are you looking too big? That, why are you looking for that special one? I'll, this one that says, "Can't the defense just blitz seventy five to eighty percent of the time? Like that? Can't that just solve the lack of pressure?" Who said that on the text line? Okay. And so I would I would say the answer to that is no, no. <laughs> like you you don't you're not going to expose your back end just because you want to get extra pressure um, on the quarterback. It's a it's a it's a fundamental. Defense. You got to start with point A to get to point B to point C. Everything builds up. The, 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 the blitz scheme you want to get to is one where the offense doesn't know where you're coming from. You can get immediate pressure on the quarterback, but you don't sacrifice the coverage in the back end. And that only comes from trial and error. You got to go through some things, some growing pains that come every year with defense. It's like when you play outfield. If I'm an outfielder guy and I'm trying to teach a guy to play center field, I can't just hit pop flies directly at him think he's going to know what he, what his range is. Yeah. You got to hit balls 20, 30 yards away and demand that he runs and dives at everything. See how far he can run and miss the ball, right, and not catch it, and then he'll know what that distance, what that range is. It's the same thing on defense. We have to do what we have to do without bringing extra players. Who can one-on-one beat their guy, get pressure on the quarterback? So, yes, the answer is not blitzing all the time. Barbershop, you don't, I, there's not very many times I could say this. You made me the most proud that I've ever been of you by using a baseball reference. <laughs> you don't know how much that touched my heart right there. Well, you now, do, you the only thing you have to son. do is adjust the fact that in baseball, they don't talk about yards. They talk about feet. <laughs> oh, my bad. All right, so there you go. You was almost there. You've done a lot he of work with my son. There. If no one knows, Noah Barber is my son, Blue Valley North, baseball stud, that program, ABA, and Dana takes 100% between him and Billy Baber. They've done all the work for my son, so... You got some baseball genes in your family. You want to contact somebody, know something, reach out to Dana Hughes. He'll get your, your son right. I love the game of baseball. It's my first love way, way more than football. All right, we're going back to the text line, but I want to tackle the first text that showed up, and partially I wanted to tackle it because I was listening to you and Carrington 
in the car before I came in the studio for the 913. Thank you, Sean Barber, for putting Carrington in his place. I'm tired of listening to all his computer packs. You put it on the line, and you told it as it is. Um, and you're a pleasure to listen to. I like hearing players only. Now you guys know what you're talking about. We appreciate that. Appreciate that you loop me in at the end with players only. But Barbershop, one, I think for the listeners out there, every Thursday we come on 6 to 7, you will do yourself a great service by tuning in from 5.30 to 6 to listen to Barbershop and Carrington. Because I think Barbershop is one of the very rare analysts that combats the, the host with, with the knowledge and with the fervor that you do. Now, some people might say, and Carrington will say, you're a Chiefs homer, blah, blah, blah. But I think even inside that, you can be a Chiefs homer, but you bring it in a way that is knowledgeable and fulfilling and so on. So do yourself a favor out there. Everybody listen to players only from 6 to 7. Get on a little bit early and listen to those guys banter on Thursday between 5.30 and 6. I tell you, you will be enlightened, and you'll actually be really, really entertained. Carrington does a great job uh, handling everything that he does and all the guests and so on. I think it's pretty fun that you guys go at it the way you do. Um, so we got the text line. Also, uh, Verme- from 913, Vermeil didn't like defense. Marty did. Yep, every coach. You look back in the history of the NFL – most times when you have coaching changes, you very rarely see an offensive coach, an offensive-minded coach be replaced by another offensive-minded coach. Usually it's a back-and-forth thing. I'm not saying it's 100%, but usually if you have an offensive-minded coach and that person gets fired, most times you'll see, whether it's on the college level or the pro level, a defensive-minded coach comes in, and then the offensive-minded, et cetera. So unless it's a situation of retirement, that's usually how it works. So it's – um. Not surprising that you had that shuffle between uh, Herm Edwards, Marty Schoenheimer, Gunther Cunningham, uh, Dick Vermeil, offensive, defensive-minded guys, even down to Haley, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, that's how it works. 816, come on, Eagles dropped the TD pass, Hurts missed a wide-open T, tight, tight end in the end zone. That's their fault, <laughs> right? Barbershop, yeah. I mean, that's their fault. Yeah, but, uh, you can't blame a defense because somebody didn't. You know, take advantage you of the You can't capitalize. I mean, heck, you look at last week against the Chargers, Tyreek Hill fumbles. Like, that's his fault. That's not, you know, the defense, they swapped the ball. I mean, you know what I mean? They swatted the ball. So what doesn't happen can't be something that you still, uh, you know, negate something about the defense. Just because something doesn't happen doesn't mean that the defense, you know, was at fault. There's a lot of holding calls that don't get called. You can't just say, okay, well, he's getting held all the game. If he didn't, then, you know, that's where, you know, we would have won. No. If they if they don't call it, it ain't a holding. <laughs> right? That's what, you know, if you if you drive this, if you drive 10, 15 miles an hour past the speed limit and don't get called, don't get caught, and don't get pulled over, you wasn't speeding. Exactly. My dad would tell me uh, all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. So he says, hey, man, you got to be a player. You got to be a playmaker. You got to make plays. No one's going to give you anything. Nope. Especially when you get to the league. And so uh, playmakers make plays. They don't They don't settle for excuses. And if, if anybody hears about me, you know, me and CDOT, we go back and forth. Those are not excuses I'm making. I'm telling them facts. I'm telling them what, what I know about playing in the league for 10 years and 
though the NFL does a great job of using the, the Madden cam and all these cams to follow the football, there's always about eight or nine other players on that field going through some serious battles one-on-one. Yeah. They don't ever make the TV screen. And until you're willing to break down the all-22 and go position by position and seeing how some players just dominate the other side of the ball over and, then, and over And it again. doesn't show up in the stats. It never shows up on the but stats. But they dominate. And then they wonder why when that one player gets highlighted on that one missed tackle, well, why, do we, why, why don't we just replace that one guy? Because you got to take the whole piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Coaches and evaluators and scouts, they watch every position, every play, everything's getting graded, not only game day but in practice. Yeah. And when you take a culmination of all of those plays, that's how you decide who's your starters and who your backups are. And why you don't replace them. Exactly. From the 913, the young old line getting synchronized. Yes, they are. 200 yards rushing last week. Uh, I was able to break down some plays uh, for a s- couple of segments with KSHB uh, and – the movement of the offensive line, Trey Smith out mm. in space, pancaking cats, mm. and uh, Orlando Brown doing damage. Creed Humphrey, to me, is one of the more ver- versatile and more mobile centers, especially at his size, that I've seen in the NFL. And he gets out like, you know, Casey Wigman used to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Guys that are getting out in open space and pancaking and swallowing smaller guys. Uh, you go back to the 17-yard run for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, the, the, when everybody in the stadium knew they had to run the ball late in the fourth quarter, they still got the job done because our offensive line is mauling cats in the running game uh, to the tune of what we've seen with Clyde Edwards-Alaire and his production over the last couple of games. Let's go one more time to the, to the text line um, from the 913. Oh, we got Dan. That's Dan and KCK. Um, we also got... <laughs> what's Dan's drinking? Dan is drinking the Chiefs. He's drinking from the Chiefs fountain every single week, and we love it. So we appreciate that. From the 913, red zone is four down territory, no field goals playing against Kansas City. Definitely a great point. Uh, teams are recognizing that they're not ha- going to have a chance to beat this Chiefs team with field goals. And they're going to go for it on fourth down. And I've heard from Steve Spagnolo. I've heard from Andy Reid specifically that they are teaching their defense to play four downs. Anytime you get near or past the 50-yard line, you have to assume four down territory for every team because every team is not just going to punt the ball away to our offense and allow Patrick Mahomes more time and more opportunities to carve them up on defense. I like that philosophy. I think it, it will bode well for most teams, but we have to be prepared for it, and our defense is prepared for it. And that's a good thing. All right, we're done with the third quarter. When we come back in the fourth quarter, we got this Bills game coming up. Sunday night football. We want to talk about the Bills matchup and what we think are going to happen and maybe a couple of keys to victory for our Chiefs. And again, players only, sponsored by our friends or U.S. Bank, whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. Stay tuned. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. And we're back. We pushed the envelope for the first three segments. We don't have a whole bunch of time. This is Sean Barber. I'm Damon Hughes. We're in Players Only. And we're in the fourth quarter of this show. 
as we lead up to the Chiefs-Bills matchup. Barbershop, I want to get your insight in regards to this Chiefs-Bills matchup. Maybe a couple of keys to victory and what you see uh, between these two teams. And I got nothing but unlimited respect for Sean McDermott and the culture he's created. He's redefined what it takes to be a part of the Bills Mafia. Unfortunately, this year is not their year. I know everybody has crowned them uh, because they had some success against the uh, Dolphins, against the Washington football team, and against the Houston Texans. If you want to crown them, crown them. Please, man. Those three teams are probably three of the worst ten teams in the NFL. They pulled a bunch of stats up against teams, and aren't none of those teams going to make the playoffs. And the one team they played against, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who probably this year isn't even a playoff team, smacked them 23-16 to 16 <laughs> in week one. So don't tell me about how vaulted this offense are because they played against those guys. Um, I, I think that this is going to be similar of what you've seen when it comes to Buffalo playing the Chiefs. Our team was going to run the ball on them, pass the ball on them at will. We'll stop them in the red zone, do what we got to do, um, get some turnovers. And I don't think this game is going to even be close. Take the Chiefs. Barbershop, I like your optimism. I, I feel like the, this is definitely a winnable game for the Chiefs. You'll very rarely hear me talk about the Chiefs losing at home. Uh, the 12th man is for real. Talking to every coach, Dave Tobe, we talk to each and every week before the game. He revels about the effect of the Chiefs and the Chiefs' kingdom and all the fans. It is the 12th man. It has flustered some people, some Hall of Famers, and I believe on Sunday Night Football it will be in full effect. You got all day long Sunday for the Chiefs fans to get a lot of gasoline in them, and they are going to produce to no extent later that evening. Uh, I, I do like this Bills team, and here's why I say that. As of now, not saying that they are going to end up better, but as of now, this is a one of the or the most complete team in the NFL. Offense, defense, special teams. Because all we can do is go by what we see right now. Now, the fact that, like Barbershop had talked about, who they played and et cetera, just the fact that in the NFL you shut down or you shut out two teams to the extent of 70-plus points to zero tells me that there's something real about you. Now, whether that realness about you can manifest itself at Arrowhead on Sunday Night Football, you can bounce back from your you having your season ended last year in the AFC Championship. This is the third team that we'll, we will have played in five games that ended their season against the Chiefs in 2020. Just think about that. And now going into the same hostile environment where you got embarrassed on the a- in the AFC Championship. Now, I'll just a quick history lesson before we have to head out. In 1993, we wind up going in 94 playoffs playing against the Buffalo Bills in the AFC Championship. We lost after beating them down in 93 during the regular season at Arrowhead Stadium. We lost in the AFC Championship. 94. October 30th, the scheduled game against the uh, the Bills was set. And the emotions based on losing the AFC championship, like everybody targeted that game as revenge. And we went to Buffalo and got blown out, 44 to 10. Sometimes your emotions can get the best of you that you don't produce on the field like you should. And I kind of feel like that might be the fate of the Buffalo Bills. I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout, but our Chiefs are a better football team and they're playing much better. I like our chances at Arrowhead most any day of the week and twice 
three times on Sunday. That's players only. That's Sean Barber. I'm Danon Hughes. Again, remember, our friends at U.S. Bank, U.S. Bank, whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. Be with us next week when we're talking about a Chiefs victory on Sunday Night Football against the Bills. And we'll be right. We'll be back to talk about that victory as well as dissect some of the things that's going on in that game. Talk to you later. Peace. With Dana Hughes and Sean Barber, Thursday nights at six on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, six ten Sports Radio. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.